Father, forgive them for they know not what they have done. We don't really understand it, so we take it for granted. This is the depth of sacrifice that anyone could ever make. No wonder we need to understand this season, that this season is not about cheap grace. The blood of Jesus expanded and reached all over the globe. There is power in the blood. Welcome to Life by Design with Pastor Alistair Smiley. Touching hearts, reaching communities, and changing lives. So get ready to be changed and transformed with one simple message. Jesus Christ saves, heals, and delivers. Be ready to start living your life by design because God has a plan for your life. One of the most powerful currency in the spiritual realm is blood. When blood is activated in Ritzcroft, you know you're heading for high frequency and warfare because blood is activated. As a matter of fact, in the principle of covenant, when blood is activated and mixed with another blood, if you touch my brother, then you touched me. And that is called blood covenant. It was executed in the Old Testament. So God said in order to defeat Satan, I'm going to activate one of the strongest currency in the spiritual realm, and that is his blood. No wonder the scripture said the voice, blood has a voice. Blood has an authority. And that's why the blood of Abel can cry out because there is power in blood. If the blood of Abel is crying now, what about the blood of the Son of God? When I see the blood, the Exodus said, I will pass over you. I got news for you. We might not be Old Testament believers, but we can calmly say and strongly say when I see the blood I will pass over you because we recognize there is power in the blood. It's more than a song. It's a revelation. It's more than a song. It's a reality that there is power in the blood. It is effectual. It is powerful. It is real. It shake El foundation. Satan tremble at the blood of Jesus for they overcame him by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the lamb. Don't question my value. Don't question who I am. The blood of Jesus is the reality of the Christian church. The blood of Jesus has power.
power to save the lost. They might be doomed and paralyzed by sin, but the blood can reach. The blood can rescue. The blood can deliver. The blood can save the junkard. The blood can save the wretched. The blood can save the lost. There is power. Father, forgive them. You know, there was an incident about Elizabeth Barreth. She led a life of semi-invalidation before she married Robert Brownings in 1846. But there is more to the story. Elizabeth, as a father, was very difficult and when she married Robert somehow they moved to Italy at the dis disapproval of the father after the wedding when they sailed to Italy every day or every week rather Elizabeth would wrote a letter to his to her parents after 10 years, she received a box in the mail. Inside, Elizabeth found all her letters. Not one of them were opened. Today, those letters are some of, some of the most beautiful English literature that you can ever find. Guess what? Christ himself has sent us love letters. And some of us have never opened those love letters. One commentator has said, if the parents had opened Elizabeth's letter, the relationship would have restored. God has sent us love letters. If we had opened them, our fellowship would be restored. We haven't read this statement in this love letter. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. We have not read in Romans chapter 37, 39 that in all these things nothing can separate us from the love of God that in Christ Jesus. We have not read Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5 but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespass, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace are we saved. Have you opened your love letters that you have sent to you? You wander around, broken relationship. Open the love letter. Hear what he said in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God show his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And John said, what manner of love hath 
the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know because the world did not know him. Love letters has been written to you. But I got to close. Thank you, Jesus. God want us to love him. About 18 years ago, Eighteen. There is a young man, 25 years old, by the name of Tim Hughes. He birthed this song for nine months when he was reading Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5. I thought Jesus humbled himself even to the dead. And not seek it to co-equal with God. Take him nine months to birth this song. It goes like this. Light of the world. You stepped down into darkness. Open my eyes. Let me see. Beauty that made this art adore you. Oh, for a life spent with you. He understood what the cross meant and he began to put that. It was a response to the greatness of God stepping down. Then the chorus was the response. He said, so here am I to worship. Here am I to bow down. Here am I to say that you are my God. Then he went on, you are all together lovely. You're all together worthy. You're all together wonderful to me. King of all days, so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created. All for love's sake, here am I to bow down. But when I look at this song, what, was, what stood out to me is the last stanza when Tim began to say, and I never know how much it costs to see my sins upon the cross. I never know how much it costs to see my sins upon the cross. To me, that is powerful. What he was saying is, I don't understand it, but somebody took my place. Somebody died that I might live again. And I will never know how much it costs to see my sins upon the cross. Lord, I give you praise tonight. I give you honor, Lord, because I never know how much it costs. Glory be to God. When the first missionary came to Alberta, Canada, they were savagely, savagely opposed by a young chief of the Crete Indian name, Maskatoon. 
but he responded to the gospel and accept Jesus Christ as his personal savior. Afterward, a member of the Blackfoot tribe killed his father. And Masquette Platoon rode into the village where the murder lived and demanded that he be brought before them. Confronted the guilty man. The young man said, you have killed my father. Now you must become my father. You shall ride on my best horse. Wear my best clothes. We have killed the son of God. And Jesus looked on us and said, Now you will become my sons and my daughters because you have killed my son. Now we know that we are the sons of God because we have passed from death unto life. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. What a father is that who you kill his son and he said, now you will be my son. Oh, hallelujah. Today, you and I are the sons of God. Because as many as receive him, to them gave he power, the rights to become children and daughters of God. Oh, hallelujah. You are a son tonight because of the death of Jesus. You're not only a son or a daughter. God the Father is saying, you are my son. God not only have an only begotten son anymore. He has children. He has many children. Oh, yes, he has children in America. He has children in Canada. He has children across the globe because of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. What a family is this. What a great family is this. That when you kill his precious prized son, he said you are forgiven. Your charges are dismissed. Oh, hallelujah. I paid in full. You don't have to pay any more. That is a power of reconciliation. Father, forgive them. That's a power of redemption. God wants to be close to us. Ever since the creation of time, sin has been pushing his way into the relationship. But God said, I'm going to bridge that gap once and for all. The cross is that bridge. The cross is that channel to reach up to God. The cross is the power that brings divinity down to earth and snatch humanity up and pull him out of the power of sin and put him in a fellowship with his God. Now you pray, Abba Father. Now you pray, thank you, Jesus. Now you said, I'm a child of God. Now you said, I know who I am. I have a purpose because Jesus has forgiven my sin. Hear me tonight. The event of crucifixion is the greatest event that ever take place in history. The reason why Christianity is so powerful is because of 
is death. But pause the moment. There were a lot dying, but not only did Jesus die, but he came back from the grave. The resurrection is what changes history. The resurrection is what changes the power. Jesus came back to life. He laid down his life. He laid down his life. You know, we have this false idea in the Christian community. You know, somebody, like I was sharing with the folks in church, I said, those folks died in the prime meeting in Alabama. And some Christians are saying, if they were real Christian, they wouldn't have to die like that. Nonsense. Jesus was innocent. And look how he died. Crucifixion was meant for criminal. It was meant for the individual that was vicious and the murderers. And Jesus was innocent. And look how he died. He was the righteousness of God. And look on the death he died. And you are telling me that if you die, it doesn't matter how you die. You could die in a plane crash. You could die by the hand of gunmen. It doesn't make any difference. As a matter of fact, when Peter understood that Jesus was crucified with his hand up, Peter said, I'm not worthy. Turn me upside it down. These men were sold out. Hallelujah. We're talking about Muslim that they don't value their life. That's all the early church was like. <laughs> The early church was like these guys. They were not afraid because they knew that debt was canceled. Debt is canceled. You don't fear who can destroy body. You fear who can destroy both body and spirit and soul in the lake of fire. Have no fear for men. Because when he died, oh, hallelujah. Oh, dead, where is thy sin? Oh, grave, where is the victory? Death has been canceled, so death won't stop you. Neither sickness will stop you. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Why? God spared not his only son. God didn't spear Jesus. So nothing can stop you. Oh, hallelujah. The bishop, John Christotum, the empire said to the bishop, you know what? I'm going to banish you. He said, how can you banish me when Jesus is my friend? He said, how can, the emperor said, I will kill you, Mr. John. He said, how can you kill me when Jesus is my life? Hallelujah. He said, I will take you away from your friend. He said, how can you push me away from my friend when Jesus is my friend? You can't separate me from Jesus because Christ in me, the hope of glory. This is not some, this is not some educational exercise. It's a living reality. Christ lives in me. 
Christ moves in me. He lives inside of my being. He lives inside of my spirit. And because he's alive in my spirit, I'm not afraid of death. That is canceled for the child of God. The grave has been canceled for the child of God. The only question that we need to ask, how do I surrender? How do I follow him? How do I pursue him? How do I worship him? How do I live like him? How do I help the standard of the kingdom of God? Because I am a disciple. That should be your motive. That should be your motive. That should be your motto. I will follow Jesus. I got to close. But hear me. Three things that we need to understand. Every Christian should understand. This is not the only thing, but three things. One is, you know the temptation that Jesus suffered in the wilderness? It's really the temptation of desires. That the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. He was battling those temptations. Every Christian need to put desire in perspective. But in terms of what you eat, but in terms of your body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, morality, sexuality, and all of that kind of stuff, desire. Jesus has to master that. And where did he master it? In the wilderness. And listen what happened. The angel came and ministered, and the devil left him and was looking for an opportune time to attack him. But hear what St. John chapter 14 and verse 30 says. When the, when the prince of this world came, he found nothing in me. There was no blemish. There was no lie. There was no lust. There was no immorality in me. He was completely pure. So that's the battle of desire that we have to master. And the second one that we need to master is what I call the principle or the spirit of shame. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my father. But a spirit of shame is this, when you know that you have done everything. You're praying, pastor. You're praying for the saints. You do know what you need to do. And somebody said, pastor, you know if you were doing what right, this or this and that or that and that. You just said, Lord, I surrender to you. You still say God is a miracle worker, even when you pray ten times. As Paul said, I pray three times for this thorn to take, and I'm not going to be ashamed of him. You got to battle that spirit and said, it doesn't look like what I want it to look like and what your word says, but you're still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I refuse to be ashamed of you. I'm going to stand my ground and say, you are God in the good time and in the bad time. And I refuse to be ashamed. Oh, hallelujah. Because the spirit of shame wants to pull you in so that you can be like everybody else. Because if you step out in faith, you're going to confess that God can do it. And when it doesn't happen, they want to pull you back so you can compromise your conviction. But stand up. God said, I will confess you before the angel. And then finally, and I close with this. 
is what the church has missed is what I would call, as Luther says, the theology of the cross. We have gone from the theology of the cross and we are preaching the theology of glory. The theology of glory is that it's more like a motivational sermon, seminar, motivational speech. You can break through. You can, oh man, if you don't break through, God is not with you. If you're not rich, God is not with you. Don't turn me off now. That is self-glorification. But did you know that Messiah said, I learn obedience by the things I suffer. The greatest manifestation of the presence of God in redemption and creation was manifest in the suffering servant when he suffered on the cross. And we have to master suffering. You see, God did not come and didn't bear any pain. He bore the pain so that when you are going through your pain, you know that the suffering Savior is with you. You might be going through your pain and you don't see any sign, but you know he walked with you through the valley. You don't find an answer, but when you look to the cross and you look on the Savior, hallelujah, a crown of thorn in his head, blood coming out of his side, he's crying out to the heavenly Father, my God, my God, why art thou forsake me? And you know like you know, God hasn't left you because the cross is a living reality. I suffer with them that suffer. I mourn with them that mourn. I weep with them that weep. I am your savior. I will bore your burden. We have to master suffering. The cross tell us. And some of us can look like we are so pretty, we're so handsome, we're so nice. But the suffering that we're facing is unbearable. But God is with you. The cross is there. Hallelujah. The cross tells me that God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's with you. Cry for years. Hallelujah. No answer but the suffering servant. He was wounded for my transgression. Oh, hallelujah. He was bruised for my iniquity. That's a God that is suffering with humanity. That's a God that is carrying our pain. They hid, as it were, their faces from him. He was bruised. He was crushed. But he bore it all. Hear me. God is going to give you the strength. You're going to pull through this. Because he made it, you will make it. Because he did it, you can do it. It's spirit lives inside of you. His enabling power is with you. Stand to your feet. Stand up on your feet, beloved. Yes. He made it.
Discovering the Power of Joy by Pastor Alistair Smiley. I recommend this book to everyone, not just Christians, but everyone at large. Bishop Don Epiphe. This book is a masterpiece, Dr. Kazumpa Charles. Pastor Smiley does more than appeal to feelings. It is a book that clarifies the meaning of joy. Clarence Duff, PhD. The morning rays of the sun are breaking beyond the cloud of your darkness. Wake up now and get ready for your joy in the morning. Order your copy today. This has been a presentation of Life by Design with Pastor Alistair Smiley, where God is turning impossibilities into reality. Please drop us a line. Send us your prayer request at the address shown on the screen. Thank you for watching.